0: Beloveds, welcome to Opinionated and Enlightened with your girl, Moon Goddess B, on the show for spiritual beings learning to navigate this human experience, and where we discuss all things concerning life, love, relationships, sex, and spirituality. If you understand that spirituality is not just a simplistic, one-size-fits-all notion, You understand that it's not just tarot, crystals, and other tools of divination, that it's also healing, empowerment, relationships, and sex, then you are in the perfect place. So let's get into it. Today, I really wanted to tap into the topic of romantic soul connections and why they don't necessarily matter. I know that this topic will probably be sensitive for some people. Um, it's never my intent. For that to be the case, but I also understand that this show is not called opinionated and enlightened for no reason. I, of course, have lots of opinions. I've done lots of research on all things spiritual that interest me, and this is really a topic that hit home for me personally. And I hear so many people talking about romantic soul connections and divine masculine and divine feminine and twin flames and using all of these terms in a very interchangeable way. Um, I've also seen people use them as a way to justify uh, negative interactions with their counterparts. And I really feel like this is a topic that Needs to be talked about a little bit more often, a little bit more in depth, because I see it every day in my work, how this concept is hindering people's growth process, people's healing, because they're so focused on these soul connections, which can feel great. But as you guys know, if you don't know, you will come to learn. My goal is always to make sure that we are healing as we navigate these spiritual Experiences um, as well as this human experience. So today we're just going to talk about just the various societal beliefs about romantic soul connections. I'm even going to tell y'all a little bit of my business about some experiences that I've had, which will pretty be, which will be pretty consistent. I'm not one of those people who just speak on situations without having experienced them. I'm also not the type of person who feels like everything is one size fits all and everybody's experience is going to mirror mine, but I do appreciate being able to provide my own situations and viewpoints on these matters. And then I want to get into a deep dive of personal um, definitions of these terms that I have cultivated that have helped me to navigate soul connections. And I'm specifically saying romantic soul connections because in later episodes, we're going to get into soul families and things of that nature. But today we're really talking about the, the romantic end of it. And then of course, I'm going to get into why healing is so important and how healing can help us to can help prevent us from fixating on these notions in ways that are unhealthy. So the first thing I really want to talk about are the various societal beliefs that blow me. Sometimes when I hear people talking about soul connections, um, I have met people who do not believe that they exist. And I question whether that's a true belief system based on any kind of research that's been done or whether it's based on their unhealed experience. And the reason that this came to mind is I was thinking about creating this episode and how I was going to depict my belief that when people say that soul connections do not exist, it's more of the fox and the grape story. So if you have not heard of the fox and the grape story, I'm going to tell it to you very briefly um, because... I truly believe that some people say that they don't believe that soul connections exist because of their lack of understanding and also their lack of experience with them. So the story of the fox and the grapes is actually pretty simple. It is really a story about a fox who came to this grapevine that was high up in a tree and he tried and tried and tried and tried to get these grapes. Like he really wanted these grapes. They look delicious. They look juicy. He thought that they might be sweet, but no matter how hard he tried, he could not access those grapes. Ultimately, because he couldn't reach the grapes, he came to the conclusion that, oh, I must not want them anyways. Oh, they're probably sour. So this really, for me, just speaks to a person's ability to shift their perception when something feels unattainable or unaccessible. So you convince yourself that this is really an undesired or non-existent notion just because you are not able to access it. And that's just my personal belief system. Again, this is opinionated and enlightened. That's my opinion. Um, I also believe that there are people who think that everyone who they date has this soul connection, which to a smaller degree could be very possible because you could be meeting somebody who is supposed to teach you something and you're not necessarily supposed to get involved with them romantically. You turn it into a romantic connection and then shit gets ugly. But I don't think that it is healthy to view all of your romantic interactions as, oh, this is my soulmate or this is my twin flame. The fact of the matter is that some of us go through our whole existence not ever meeting our twin flames, which sucks by all means, but that's just the way that it is. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit as I go into the definitions of exactly. The difference between soulmates, twin flames, and all of that stuff. So, I think it's important that you identify the type of connection that you have with a person before you find yourself getting caught up and getting stuck in a situation that you've convinced yourself is supposed to have this huge purpose and serve this huge romantic purpose in your life when that's not necessarily the case. So, and those are just really two of the main. Uh, societal beliefs that I hear about them. But I'm sure that if you navigate this spiritual community that you've seen so many yourself and there are so many beliefs. And again, I'm not by all means saying that mine is the end all be all. But I do believe that being able to look at my connections in a way that um, I'm going to explain to you when I get to that part will be very helpful in helping you to identify and navigate the relationships that you have with other people. So that's really going to be the focus for most of this episode after I tell y'all some of my personal business, because what's a little bit of opinionated if you don't have a viewpoint? To- so i met. At- The person who I believed to be a soulmate of mine, because I do believe that we have multiple versions of those throughout our lives. But um, I met the person who I believed to be one of my soulmates when I was 17. I was 17. He was like he had to be like 25, I think. And I couldn't stand him. Red flag number one that I ignored. But hey, I was 17. Um, But I met him and I could not stand him. He was so arrogant. He was just annoying, um, conceited, and loud. Um, that just wasn't who I was at that point in time. He was a friend of a family member. And I would literally leave places when he was going to be there. Like, if he's going to be there, I'm probably not coming. Um, but we always had, I guess that there was an underlying attraction that was always present. Uh, but I, I fought against that for a very, very, very long time. It was a few years before we actually connected romantically. And it was really because we started to spend a little bit more time with each other. And I realized that his outward facing facade really wasn't who he was. So we grew into developing this I guess you could call it a relationship. I was legit a side chick though, because he had a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend who I knew about. He had children with her. Don't judge me. I'm not like this anymore. But at the time, I really didn't care. I cared about this dude. So, I basically operated as his side chick, knowing about his girlfriend. She knew about me. Um, needless to say, we didn't very much get along. And there was some tough times, some tough roads that we had to navigate in a situation like that. But my round and around circle with him actually ended up going on for like 20 some odd years. Um We never quite connected as far as a relationship. We would kick it here and there throughout the years. Both of us got married to other people, um, but we kind of became the best of friends with benefits. I guess sometimes sometimes we had benefits, sometimes we didn't. But it was a very genuine and authentic friendship and now looking back on it, of course, I understand. Um, I came to the conclusion about two years ago that he's actually not a soulmate. He's a, he's, he was a trauma bond. And again, when I get into the definitions, we'll talk about that a little bit more and how sometimes these trauma bonds can look like something they absolutely are not. Um, we continued our friendship and it wasn't until fairly recently that I was like, yeah, you know what? Nah. This ain't this ain't going to cut it. And we recently cut ties. So we're not even friends anymore just because our connection was so unhealthy, as beautiful as it was. Um, and again, I will under I will explain exactly why this seems to be this way, because I know that y'all are listening to this and y'all are like, this don't sound like a good relationship to me, but If I ever needed anything, he was there. If he ever needed anything, I was there. We could talk to each other like nobody's business. We know each other in a way that nobody else will ever know either one of us. It's just a very interesting dynamic. But again, very unhealthy, which is why I cut ties. So that's that story. But then I also, last year, I did meet my twin flame. And the reason that I know that this was the case is because I've just never experienced even as connected as me and the person who I'm talking about, um, who I uh, believe to be my soulmate, where this person knew me without me opening my mouth. Like we had a long distance relationship and there would be times like if I was having a rough night and I could hear him call my name. And we would have telepathic communications. And, um, it was just a connection like I've never experienced in my whole entire life. Uh, but as we know, when people talk about this whole twin, fl- twin flame dynamic, the whole runner and chaser notion, all of that stuff, we almost fell into that kind of a cycle, but me being me, it was like, yeah, I'm definitely not about to do that with you. So we are not together and we probably won't be. And I've accepted that. And I've also accepted that it's not very likely that I'll have that same kind of a connection with anybody else moving forward. And I'm okay with that. Like, do I need people read my mind any fucking way? Like, I don't know, but (laughs) I've definitely convinced that. I'm okay with that, and I'll be able to find a perfectly good connection um with whomever I'm supposed to be with moving forward. For all of you who don't know me, I'm single by choice, like I choose to be this way because I have a very specific um desires and if a person doesn't meet all of them then I'd rather just stay single because I'm happy being me. So when it comes to my whole twin flame situation, do I miss him? Absolutely. Do I wish it would have worked out? Absolutely. But I have also come to a point in my own personal healing journey to where I understand that if I don't take care of me, twin flame or no twin flame, nobody else is gonna take care of me. So I chose to love me above that and to not engage in that whole runner chaser dynamic because it doesn't benefit me in any way. So now that y'all know a little bit of my business, um, I really want to get into just what these soul connections, I call them divine connections, um, but what these divine connections, the definitions of them, and just ways that you can look at them that will aid you in your ability to navigate them. Because that can oftentimes be the most difficult thing is learning how to navigate these connections. And I found that oftentimes this is what keeps people stuck in these involvements because they don't truly understand the dynamics and the roles that people are called to play in our lives. So I really want to get into some definitions here. The first thing that I want to communicate is that all divine connections are mirrors of parts of us and are meant to teach us something. So as always, our job is to find the lesson and to test our wills to keep our mission and our soul's purpose first and that they all feel like true love. Now, I'm going to say that last part again. (laughs) because I feel like it is so important. It is our job to find the lesson and test our wills to keep our mission and soul's purpose first. All of these connections feel like true love. And I'm using quotes here, quote unquote, true love. So the first one that I want to get into is a karmic. Um, When I say that all divine connections are mirrors, you'll see that as I go through each of these definitions, the first thing I'm going to tell you is exactly what it is that they reflect in you. Um, So the first one we're going to talk about is going to be a karmic. Um, A karmic reflects your actions. So this can be your actions from this life and also past lives. All that you put out into the world will re- will be returned to you via a karmic. And again, please keep in mind that this can be this life or past lives. So knowing what to expect from this connection will rely on your ability to be honest with yourself. And that is a good, bad and ugly sort of reflection. You have to know what sort of energy you've been putting out into the universe to be able to identify a karmic. To know, oh shit, this is something that's coming back on me from wherever, whatever. This requires some very intimate intense soul level work to have been done. Because as I said, this can be a situation from this life or past life. So you really have to have some knowledge of your past lives. Um, I have found that having my natal chart done, a whole natal chart reading done has helped me to identify um, when karmics come into my life. And that can put me on a path to be able to begin to repair that karma so that that experience does not continue to come back around my way. So that is pretty much the breakdown of what a karmic is as far as my definitions go. When it comes to divine connections, we also have the trauma bonds. So your trauma bonds are going to reflect your shadow. They understand parts of you that no one else gets. These are the deepest, darkest parts of you. You're likely connected through either a shared traumatic experience or the intense and shared empathy and understanding of each other's trauma. Um, you could have exper- ex- experienced the same or similar perceived traumas. And when I say perceived traumas, I want it to be clear that it doesn't have to be the exact same situation. But if you've had a trauma in your life, and it's created the same emotion and the same feeling in you that it's created in that person as it pertains to their trauma, then that can create a trauma bond, especially if you find yourself being there for for one another. Trauma bonds have a habit of Encouraging negative behavior. So these are the people who, as I said, they understand, and I'm using quotes again, quote unquote, understand parts of you that no one else gets because they have the same negative traits and characteristics as you do. So they, you probably find that your trauma bond condones your bad behavior. They convince you that you're not wrong when you are. And it can truly feel like, Oh my God, they get me. They understand me. And it's like, no, they're enabling you because they had the same traumatic experiences that you have. They don't necessarily want to have to atone for their behaviors. So they really don't make you atone for yours. And trauma bonds can be the most difficult to identify. As I said, with the situation and me and my trauma bond, it felt like a soulmate because we had so many of the same experiences. We had these connections and I believe I said that we understand one another in a way that no one else will. Well, that doesn't make it healthy. Do you know what I mean? So, again, this really takes some knowing yourself, good, bad and ugly, to be able to identify when the bond that you have with someone is a trauma bond and not likely an actual um Useful divine connection—that's somebody that you're going to stay with for an experience, an extended period of time. So, what I wanted to do when it comes to trauma bonds is give you some examples of how a trauma bond can similar can seemingly mirror. Um, true love, but it can really be a little different. So I'll give you about, I think it's like five points. So one, with the trauma bond, the relationship usually starts with like instant attraction and irresistible chemistry. Um, with true love, a relationship can start with attraction and... And it's a curiosity that mostly builds over time. So you really don't experiencing, experience the love bombing and things of that nature. Now, can someone be genuinely affectionate um, off the rip? Absolutely. But this is where you go kind of deeper into your intuition and start to know, okay, is this a genuine connection or am I being love bombed right now? Um, number two with the trauma bond the relationship is highly physical and sexual with true love the connection is physical and sexual but there's also an emotional and intellectual component that's attached to it because sometimes trauma bonds can be all physical and all emotional but then when you sit down and you really look at the situation you're like yeah this isn't smart this doesn't really make sense this does not meet my intellectual needs and not saying that the person is a fucking idiot or that they have to be stupid. But no, I'm talking about a mutual intellectual connection. You will notice when it's actually true love and oftentimes trauma bonds do not have that. So third, the with a trauma bond, the relationship goes through cycles, extreme highs and lows. It's almost like a bipolar relationship. Like when it's good, it's great. But when it's bad, it's awful. Um, when it's true love, the relationship will be more stable and based on a mutual respect. Does that mean that you won't have arguments or disagreements or whatever you want to call it? No, it doesn't mean that. It just mean that your relationship won't be either high or low. You will definitely um, experience those moments of peaceful bliss that are just peace and do not come from having an extreme high. Next, um, which is number four, Important conversations are avoided in trauma bonds. And again, this kind of speaks to that intellectual component that's missing. Most people who are in trauma bonds avoid true uh, true conversations like the plague. They really don't want to talk about the negative things that happen because they want to get straight back to the high. They don't want to experience um, that mutual needing to converse and figuring out what each of you needs. Um, so those are usually avoided. And with true Of course, important conversations are a priority in order for you to be able to fully connect in all of the ways that you want to connect with someone. It is important to be able to have difficult conversations and to be able to respect one another in the midst of those conversations. And then finally, which is number five, um, trauma bonds often feel like addictions. You feel powerless to let this person go. You feel like you're going to be useless without them or that you can't continue on without them. And that doesn't have to be in a suicidal sen- sense. Um uh, I probably should have done a trigger warning, but um, not in that sense necessarily. I mean, I have seen some that got that intense, but It definitely has an addictive component to it, whereas if you have a true love, then this relationship will feel like an honor, a privilege. It'll feel like a choice, something that you're choosing to do because it's healthy for you and not because you feel powerless to stop it. So next, we're going to go into soulmates. Soulmates can be very tricky because soulmates can show up in any aspect of your life. They don't necessarily have to be romantic connections. But today we're going to talk about the romantic aspect of them. Um, Your soulmate will reflect your desire to remain in your comfort zone. They represent everything that is comfortable and peaceful. Um, again, it doesn't have to be a romantic connection. You might have a soul tribe. You might have soul sisters, soul brothers, whatever, but this is simply someone whom you know you will remain connected forever because they're comfortable. They are familiar and the connection is uncomplicated. So when I, if I go back to the conversation that I had where I told you that Um, I thought that my trauma bond was my soulmate. It felt like a place of comfort because we did know one another very well, but I didn't take into account all of the negative components that were also present in that connection. Because with the soulmate connection, it just won't feel that hard. It feels very easy. And soulmate connections can be really beautiful if both parties are healed. So just keep in mind that... um, Everybody you meet, you will not have that instant. The word that I use is chemistry because I believe that that is something that cannot be faked. Chemistry is very uncomplicated. It's very comfortable. It's very familiar. And that is how you will know whether it is your soulmate or whether it's altogether something else. One of the other things that we've talked about so far or whether it is your twin flame, which is what we're going into. So twin flames can be known as like divine masculine, divine feminine, um, kind of all the same things. And they reflect all that you are and all that you wish to be. So of all the connections, in my opinion, this is the one. Um, unfortunately, in most cases, we allow our human experiences to impede or prevent us from truly connecting. So that concept of the twin flame dynamic, which involves that consistent revolving door of these relationships, you have to be careful because some people, I have seen it time and time again, that they are using this as an excuse to tolerate back and forth, um, And disrespect, and even so far as abuse, and naming it their twin flame or divine masculine or divine feminine, all as an excuse to remain attached to this person. Now, this is often the most complex dynamic because we have to be in a state of constant healing in order for it to work. So, sometimes that can be very scary um, due to the experiences that we have had during our human lives. So even if you see that you have this beautiful connection with someone, they are your twin flame, you're connecting on deeper levels. It's important that we understand that even in these connections, these are two separate people who have to meet on one accord in order to be able to make it work. So that's just not always the case. It's not always realistic. So someone can very much be your twin flame soulmate or any of the connections that we've talked about. And it's still not work out because they have not done the healing that they need to do. The most common misconception is that one of these has to be your person forever. And it's important to understand that we're when we're navigating any multi-person dynamic, um, free will prevents you from knowing what the outcome of the situation will be so while we all might hope that we end up with our twin flame or our soulmate, that isn't always the case for this lifetime. Um, consistently pushing the narrative that we have to be with them just opens the door for more pain, more disappointment, and you can be aware of the spiritual component um, involved in this connection while still making sound and healthy decisions for you. And that is really what's going to be key. So that's where we come to the importance of healing and why, in my opinion, none of this matters. What matters on this plane is how you identify and navigate a healthy connection. Because you can have a healthy connection with anyone, whether you identify them with one of these divine connections or not. The keys to all of this is going to be your healing, your, self, your self-awareness, and your authenticity. Um, when I do work with clients, I teach them three key components. Know yourself to grow yourself, see yourself to be yourself, be real with yourself to heal yourself. And that and how that plays out in these dynamics is if you're going to know yourself to grow yourself, you have to know what it is that you desire and what you deserve in a connection, whether they meet the, this divine criteria or not. When I say you have to see yourself to be yourself, you have to see yourself in the situation in its realistic form, not some contrived sense of desire and what you wish it to be. And then be real with yourself to heal yourself is all about being real about whether or not you're even in a position to call in what it is that you're requesting. So that can be a very difficult one because if you have not done the work on your own, if you have not done the healing on your own, you could call in one of these connections and then you could fuck it up because you haven't yet done the work that you needed to do to ensure that you can sustain it. And then not only when it comes to that, does this person that you... Consider to be one of your divine connections, even fit the bill. One of the deciding factors when it came to the person who I believed to be my soulmate was when I sat down and I accessed my growth process, my experiences, my healing. And then I looked at him objectively instead of this person that I love. I looked at him like if I met him today and he was like, hey, let me take you out on a date after a few conversations, would I date him? And the answer to that question was no. Like he did not fit the bill. He didn't fit the criteria that I had decided that I desire and that I require to have in my existence. So another thing that's helped me to navigate these connections is anyone who's had a conversation with me will notice that sometimes I use the word connection and other times I use the word attachment. And the reason that why what we call these is important is to speak to intent. Like the words that we speak are important and words mean things. And the one thing that I always remember is that connections will fortify you. Attachments will deplete you. They will suck you dry. So it's important that when you're making these connections, that they are truly connections and that they're not just situations that are there to rob you of the peace and the joy that you're really called to have during this human experience. So I really hope that that helps you to be able to identify um, these. Connections or these attachments, and that you really can look at these in a way that can help you start to understand. If you find yourself going around and around and around um, in these whatever they are, and they are not beneficial to you, that it's important that you have the gall to walk away, no matter what role it is that you believe that this person was meant to play in your. Um, life's experience, even when I talk about my twin flame that I met, even though we're not together now, the time that I spent with him was life altering. The things that he taught me was something that I would never have been able to learn in from anyone else because no one else was connected to me in the way that he was throughout the many, many, many lifetimes that we've been connected. But I had to come to a place to where I accepted the fact that this just may not be the lifetime for us and I had to be okay with that. So all in all, the importance is just that you do your shadow work and you heal your inner child so that you can show up better mentally, emotionally, and spiritually for yourself, not just for the people around you, but also for you. And then get help if you need it, because This isn't something that most of us can or should be expected to navigate on our own. Like if you need some help, aid, or assistance, by all means, get that help, aid, and assistance. Because at the end of the day, no one is going to make sure you are okay like you are going to make sure that you're okay. And that's no matter what their connection or role is in your life and in your experiences. So I really hope that you found this helpful. Um, you guys can join me on Saturday where we're gonna talk a little bit. We're gonna get off of this heavy stuff. And we're going to talk about spirituality and sex a little bit. So I can't wait to get into that episode. Just as a really quick recap, your karmic reflects your actions in this life and past lives. Your trauma bond reflects your shadow. Your soulmate reflects your desire to remain in your comfort zone. Your twin flame reflects all that you are and all that you wish to be. So I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on this particular episode. Um, I want to know what You think about today's discussion? Like, have you had experience with any of these types of connections or attachments? Um, How did you navigate them? And do you believe that having these definitions will help you in the future? All right, beloveds. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Opinionated and Enlightened. Share this podcast with a friend as we are all spiritual beings learning to navigate this human experience. And here we clearly encourage opinions and enlightenment. Subscribe and rate the podcast via your preferred platform. And finally, visit Moongoddessbee.com for all of your healing and spiritual navigation needs. On the site, you will see that I offer spiritual advisory sessions, tarot readings, coaching, Reiki, and of course, you can contact me there with any questions that you might have. I do ask that you allow 48 hours for me to respond. So again, this is your girl Moon Goddess B, and I look forward to talking to you all next episode.